0: last time friends well i hope it's not the last time you will read this scripture but it will be the last time in this series that we will read it to you and for you so it's exodus 20 verses 1 through 21 hear these familiar words from that story then god spoke all of these words i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery you shall have no other gods before me You shall not make yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is on the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down and worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses God's name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day, and therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your mother and your father so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or male, or female slave, or ox, or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. And when all of the people witnessed the thunder and the lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance and said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come only to test you and to put the fear of God upon you so that you do not sin. And then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was.
1: Last time. Hear what the spirit is saying through the scriptures.
0: Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Well, as, as we, as we leave this text, we've dived so deeply into it this year uh, each of us has had personal experiences that have touched on these various commandments in various ways. And you tell a story about Coco the car that yeah. I think <laughs> is a perfect example of what we are talking about today. You want to give us a little illustration? Yeah.
1: So I, uh, Coco is the 2013 Honda CRV that I inherited from my sister nicknamed Coco because that was her nickname at work. And uh, I drove that vehicle out here and it became mine and I've really uh, taken a shining to driving this vehicle. But Coco um, broke down, had an issue with the HVAC system. And so I had to take this vehicle to the dealership to get repaired and they um, let me, they loaned basically a rental car and Coco is a 2013 Honda CRV, like I said, with all kinds of character. I would say, I'll put it that way. And the car that I got to rent and drive home was a 2020 Chevy Malibu. Ooh, this car, beautiful silver. It smelled so good and it had, um, it drove so, drives so smooth. I say drove, it drives. It's parked out in the parking lot right now. I'm still driving it right now. But I found myself as I was driving away and the seats were all fully adjustable, including this lumbar support thing that you can have. And I plugged my phone in and it had this screen, this touch screen that I could do the directions and listen to the radio at the same time and talk to people and speak text through the car. And I was just like, this car is amazing. My life would be so much better if I had this car and not that lousy 2013 Honda CRV. Hmm. I wonder how much it would cost for me to just get this 2020. Chevy Malibu. And I found myself in my mind going down that road as I was enjoying the smooth ride and the rich sounds of the music coming through the sound system. And it wasn't until I, I, I'd gotten a, a ways down the road mentally toward, should I get a Chevy Malibu that I had to stop myself and realize one, I don't want a Chevy Malibu. Like I don't, I've never wanted that. Uh, and two, that car will also get old, and the doodads will get old, and it will soon just become another car, and not one that I cherish for a long time, and not one that has any meaning or significance, and probably after a while would not have that much of an impact on my life. But it took me—I'm I'm not kidding. I'm, Amy's going to hear this, and maybe be a little upset with me, but I actually was thinking about, should I buy or lease a Chevy Malibu?
0: Have you been in the
1: market for a car before Coco had the back problem? No, and certainly not a Chevy Malibu. That would not be a go-to, but it Um,
0: was... By the way, no offense to any Chevy Malibu owners. Oh,
1: I'm sure people love their Chevy Malibu. That's great, but just, it's not something I was thinking about, right? But I, I think uh, for me, and then I, I got into um, doing some work around uh, the commandment for this morning: "This thou shall not covet." Realized that that's exactly what I was doing: is I was coveting this card, this experience, this thing that I felt would make me um, make my life better somehow, make me feel yeah. better, uh, and I and could and even found myself justifying it. Like saying, well, you know, it would be, I wouldn't have to worry about the maintenance that much. Probably would hold up a lot longer. I could drive it for years and years and years. Like all the things we do to justify um, coveting and getting the thing that we think is going to make us feel better, look better, make our life somehow significantly better. And that's I think that's kind of getting at what we're talking about when we're talking about coveting, because that's the whole, um, the whole reason we covet is a lack of uh, contentment. Right. Does that make sense? I think so. And the, it,
0: having you use the word covet like that makes me realize what like a buzzword Christian buzzword it is, because it Mm -hmm. makes me, your story makes me realize that coveting is at its base sort of, um, uh wanting to have wish fulfillment
1: mm.
0: like it's we we don't even know that a thing has come at us or a person we don't know that we are going to covet mm-hmm. something until yeah. we're faced with it out of nowhere you didn't know you wanted a, ca- a car you didn't want a car what are we talking about you didn't want a car and then all of a sudden you're s- down the road 3 4 10 years with this relationship with this car and if coco hadn't broken down you would never even have had that internal dialogue but you're you go from zero to 60 if you will uh mm-hmm. because it's like ooh, something gets stirred up in me and I just start to compare you said that earlier like I start to think about the life I could have mm-hmm. the health I could have if I would feel better if this and then and it, all it is that's at the heart of it is uh, a wish that like, you're going to momentarily satisfy that you didn't even know you had before.
1: Yeah. And, and it's a, uh, it is that that can lead to, you know, we, we were talking earlier about how this particular um, commandment is the longest one. And it repeats, like, and it clarifies, it's like, don't, don't covet your your neighbor or your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, male or female slave, axe anything that belongs, nothing. That's not yours. Don't covet those things. But I'm I'm wondering, and I would posit that the reason for the detail and the that this is the last one mentioned is that this is at the heart of so many of the other commandments. So sure. you know, we we're just just saying before we started recording that if we can manage to get this under control, and I, I say under control because I'm going to posit that no one, no one avoids number 10. No one does. It, but Have if we, we managed
0: can, to make that statement about every single one of these? Pretty now? much. Pretty okay. much.
1: Yeah. But I, I honestly think that if we are able to move out of this mindset um, of wanting what is not ours and not being content with what we have then we can avoid adultery murder lying all of these other things violating the
0: sabbath
1: exactly exactly yes 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 and this is where so we we were um in thinking of examples the one that obviously comes to mind pretty immediately is the example of David and Bathsheba right there's David probably had never, I mean, the story goes, David just saw her bathing on the roof, right? And instantly it was like, Ooh, if I could have that, my, my life, my, my feelings, my, all of this would be, I would so have much what I better. want and I would be happy. And, and the thing is when you can, the thing about coveting is it's so often things that You could pursue. Like, I could go ahead and pursue getting that car. It would be really unwise. I would probably get in trouble with Amy. But I could have, you know, this morning, called up the Chevy dealer and been like, tell me about the Malibu, right? In the same way that David was like, I can have that. But it took him down this road of murder
0: and adultery.
1: And just because of a lack of contentment
0: yeah well i think that that story of david so let's reiterate what happens in it for people who are less familiar yeah so yeah so king david is you know he's well loved and he's um he's a man after god's own heart actually and Mm -hmm. one at one point in the story which is not something that's said very often about people and he basically looks across the back fence uh and sees a woman bathing on a roof as you said Mm -hmm, andy mm -hmm. and he starts to spin out the chevy malibu plan he starts to he he he, since he's king he has control over her husband uriah and so in my memory of the story he sends uriah off to war to basically buy himself an opportunity he said the front lines Yeah. He sends him to the front lines, knowing he's going to die because of the way that this war has been going. And he basically sacrifices an entire battalion of warriors on, in his like plan to get Uriah's wife, who he has just seen basically. Um, And then he causes all of this other strife, right? Because Uriah dies, Bathsheba is, um, you know, in the story, it seems like frankly, we need to confess David sexually assaults her. Um, mm-hmm. they have children, very bad things happen out of the marriage, like, and over and over and over again, just because David looked over and said, I want that instead of what I have almost, if you track it, almost every commandment gets broken at some point in the course of that story. Yep. And Mm -hmm. I think it is, for people who haven't read it lately, you should definitely go read the David and Bathsheba and Uriah story um, because it is, it is the perfect example of coveting. Everything you said, Andy, is just like, boom, 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 boom. This is how this works. And I find it fascinating that David is the most powerful person in his world and Mm -hmm. he still succumbs to it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you get; you will feel this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> um, I was mentioning to you as well that for those of us who are Enneagram Sevens, mm-hmm. uh, this this one real zinger <laughs> because, as we know, for those of us who are familiar with the Enneagram, Sevens are always wanting new, fresh, different things, experiences, relationships all the time, always fascinated with the new and the different and the better, never centered or present or uh, rarely, I should say centered or present or content, but instead wanting that thing. I mean, I, it's not a surprise to me that I started thinking about buying a Chevy Malibu because that's the kind of the, the way that my, my brain works oftentimes. And so it's, um for someone like me and for others who who regularly fall into this into coveting there needs to be some sort of practice in place right. there needs to be something I, I, okay i've i've bared my soul a little bit talked about my dealings with coveting I, nobody gets away from it some of us in sevens in particular um, uh, are more prone to it probably what what is your experience with this what do you think about when you think about this one Jules because you have a different um a different way of approaching this things we were talking about this earlier I'd love to hear what your thoughts are
0: I think so for so many of us coveting is about stuff Mm. though it's also about people and relationships. Ooh, there, I, I want, I want a relationship like that or with that. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or it's with status. I want to be like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think um, the status thing makes a lot of sense to me. I'm not a stuff person. I have stuff in right. my life. Chris and I do not have, you know, no stuff. We're no minimalists, but right. I don't tend to like look at a thing and be like, Ooh, want it. What I look at is, Oh, that person has like, um, I think the example I used earlier was like such a freedom. They're they're free to do what they want. They're, they're not obligated to do all of these. I want freedom like that. Or uh, looking at somebody and being really envious really is the word that I associate with covetousness. Like, envious of how they just don't care about the things that I care about. Mm -hmm. They're not trapped or captivated by this sense of like, this is what's right. And this is what I have to do. And this is how it has to go. They're just like, and I look at those people and I'm like, well, I want to be like you. And that's a dangerous space to be because while I do think that we should emulate people who are living authentically we have, there's a line that I can cross where I go from oh I'm learning and evolving to I'm not being authentically myself
1: mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're
0: coveting somebody else's I think you said earlier like their personality. yeah I want to be like them. Uh, that's the tricky place for me is to be mm-hmm. really watchful of that covetousness. Yeah and it's, it's and again greedy
1: a a about that. Yeah it's a lack of contentment a lack of contentment with, with how I am. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and how God's designed you to be. Right. Right. One of
0: my best friends said to me years ago, and I've never forgotten. She said, I was complaining about something that is wrong with my personality that I can't change. Like I just have struggled with it for so long. I don't even remember what it was. It was probably one of the many things on the list. Right. And she just said to me on the phone, well, I just think the rest of us are going to have to deal with the fact that that's how God made you.
1: Yeah.
0: Whoa. Hold on. What mm-hmm. if we all just like, we're like, this is where I am. This is how God made me. It's yeah. okay. I'm okay. Oh,
1: we're all yeah. okay. Right. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. And what if we went next level? Okay. And this is where I think, I think that the um, there's a practice to help us curb uh, coveting. Yeah. And that is the practice of gratitude. So what if we were not just um, this is how God made me. Like tolerant. I'm okay. But what if we were actually more inclined to be grateful that this is the way God Mm. made me. That I am this way and it's. It's beautiful. It's, uh, and I'm valuable because of this and because of who I am. And the same thing goes with, with stuff. Uh, with, with the, if we're able to practice gratitude yeah. uh, and be conscious, either, either through meditation, mindfulness, or action, some people do gratitude journaling. And I've, I told you this, I'll say it again. Um, I've always kind of scoffed at that idea and thought it was dorky. Um, And it's probably because it's actually what my spirit needs. It's what my soul needs is to exercise and practice gratitude, (laughs) but everything about me fights. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to be grateful because that'll mean you're not thinking about the next thing or the other things. And, but but if we are, when we are able to say, um, actually, I'm thankful for this. Yeah. I appreciate, so for me, I actually like driving that Honda CRV. Right. I like, it, it, it's a zippy little ride and I, I enjoy driving it. Um, I love and appreciate my wife and my family and my job and all of the things, like to actually be practicing that sort of gratitude. My friendships and relationships that I have now, right here, Be this also takes us to a place of being present, which can be difficult to do. Um, But I I honestly think that that can at least curb our tendency to be covetous. And and I want to point this out too, Jules. Um, I'm wondering if this particular um, commandment is. is particular, we should pay particular attention to it, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Because of the nature of our, our lives right now, we're, we're shut in and a number of the things that we would normally have and take for granted. We don't have.
0: Well, and we're so, in a bubble, so we're like looking out. This is the danger of coveting, right? Is that you're always looking out and thinking, "Oh, somebody else has something that I don't have, or the world has something that I need." Yeah. And the pandemic just amplifies that. I know. I, I I think that that's true. I've heard so many people in our community say, "I'm I, I'm," uh, other people are getting to have re- visits. Other people are getting, and I I feel that. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. and what's where, what do we need to really be talking about there? Right. Like what's really going on. I I'll confess this. This is ridiculous. It's such a stupid example, but before the pandemic, I never bought anything on Instagram in my life. Mm -hmm. I buy stuff on Instagram now all the time, scroll through. Ooh, I need that click boom. And there's not even a process Mm -hmm. at all. It's just, it's like, if things are coming into my home, then I'm connected to the world. And so that Amazon wow. box is my connection to people, to something, somehow. And mm-hmm. I think that you're right about the pandemic amplifying this for me and for us.
1: Yeah. I <laughs> That was exactly what I was thinking of, is the amount of time, the amount of times that that I could find myself just being on Amazon and just going that and that and that, and there is not, um, there's a connection to the world. There's also a temporary soothing that yeah. we feel might come. It's why people who, who really are into shopping and, and accumulating stuff, I mean, Amy's teased me about it in the past that um, I will be prone to thinking, well, if I just get that new hat, or whatever the thing I'm into now, if I just buy that new REM t-shirt or whatever it is, then I will be good. And I think that's
0: that's the lesson, right? You say all the time, comparison is Mm -hmm. a form of shaming. And if, if we find ourselves, we're out of gratitude, we're out of blessing, we don't have that feeling in us. And so we lurch into, well, if this... Then that, which is a comparison, it's a really easy way for us to measure, ooh, am I in that space right now? Am I in the covet space? Do I need to sit down, slow down, pause, take a time to say, what am I grateful for? What's happening right now? Uh, So that we're not doing comparison. So we're not shaming. So we're not stealing joy. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it, it feels like a really apt description of what is happening internally when we talk about covet what are we talking about that's what we're talking about if mm. then if just the if i had this thing if i did this thing if i were this thing then
1: now we're in coveting Ooh, i'm going to point out one more we haven't talked about this yet okay something else that came to mind because you mentioned instagram mm. i wonder i wonder if perhaps social media Instagram and particularly the curated nature of what people post on Instagram um, prompts us to covet. Absolutely. To look at that body. If I had that, if I had that experience, if I had that life, if I had that family, if I had whatever it is, if I had that plate of pancakes, somebody just posted for some reason, if I could have that, then my life would be better. I would have a life that looks as good as that does. And being mindful of that when we're, I, I find myself doing that all the time when I'm looking. Um, I go from appreciating seeing friends and family and experiences to, oh man, if I could only have that, it'd be so much better.
0: And there you are, there you are with, I think that the lesson here is what's the antidote to coveting? Appreciation.
1: Yeah, What's the, how do we
0: know that we're doing it if we're saying, mm. ooh, if I only, right? And so yeah. I'm, I'm glad we got here because so often with these commandments, I've felt in myself like, I just need to understand how I can realize when I'm walking into what Jesus does with the antithesis where he says like, not only was that like, yeah, you've heard it said, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you it's even harder than this. I want to know what to do in that space where I'm wandering around and I'm like, I think I might be in trouble here, but I don't know what to call this, or I don't know exactly what's happening to me. But with each of these commandments, we've been able to kind of nail down a, ooh, when you find yourself here, you know what you're doing and you know where you are and you're kind of on the map. Uh, Now you know where to go next. And with this one having a, oh, it's contentedness, it's gratitude, it's appreciation is really Mm -hmm. useful to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. agree. Um, I think we have questions for people. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have three, three questions for conversation. Um, The first one is how do you experiencing, how do you experience coveting typically? Where do you find yourself uh, being, Um, I don't want to say a victim of or being compelled toward (laughs) coveting. Uh, And then the second question is, what does contentment look like for you? And finally, how do you practice gratitude and appreciation in order to lead to contentment? So those three questions to continue the conversation about coveting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Join in that conversation on Sunday at 1030 at after prayers of the people, um, or with one another in your homes and really do take the time on those questions because I think that it, um, it can change how you live your life and change how you think about what it means to be in good relationship to your neighbor and yourself. Mm. So I'm going to pray for us and then Andy's going to sing and, uh, let's take a moment and pause and breathe and then pray. Holy one, we've walked with you through these 10 matters over the last 10 weeks. And so often it has felt like we're just looking at at that tablet and thinking, this doesn't apply to my life. Why, Why are we having this conversation? And then moments later, smacked in the face with a realization that yes, this too affects my life and my community, this world. It's personal. So we give you thanks for clarity. We give you thanks for the places in which these words have been simple and straightforward. We give you thanks for questions and for the ways in which your spirit continues to stir in us and in our lives so that we can in fact be loving toward you, ourselves, and our neighbor. We pray that you will bless our community with gratitude and contentment. We know that it is a hard time to ask for that blessing. And so we ask for it in a double portion. And we give you thanks for one another, for Jesus, and for your spirit that walks with us and, with, and within us. In this time. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Invite you to join in and sing to and with one another our closing benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make God's face to shine upon you and be gracious. Gracious. Gracious to you, the Lord, lift up God's countenance upon you, and give you, give you, give you peace. Continue to be safe, and to be well, and to be at peace. God bless. Miss you all. Bye.